shine for You dwells between the cherubim shine for You dwells between the cherubim shine for You dwells between the cherubim our example, our pattern. What an encouragement you are to us that we can deny this present world. We can follow your path. We can follow your steps. We can do as you did. Thank you for coming to show us the way. You came from heaven to earth to show the way, show the paths of life, to make it open and bare. Just many who will seek seek to know. Make us worthy seekers this morning, Lord Jesus, I pray. We want express visitation. Lord, we want to touch, we want to touch the reality in your heart. We want flow, flow of substances. You're moving us beyond the realm of talking about them to actually coming into them, to holding them, tangibility of your life. Oh Lord, we honor you this morning. Let's make this place holy now. Make it holy now. Don't permit any unholy thought, any unholy thing. Lord, make this a holy place where things that pertain to you Lord Jesus, as you pray to the Father, sanctify them by their truth. Thy word is truth. I pray for sanctification by the word this morning. Access, breakthrough in understanding miracles, miracles, miracles to comprehend that which is invisible, that which words cannot describe the tangibility of life, that thing, Lord, which you want to deposit in our heart today, oh God, Father, help us, help us, move us beyond mundaneness of meeting and just gathering and coming, but Lord, open, open the doors, open the portals, open the, open, grant access, 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 access to to grace, truth, things that you are full of. Take speech, words, and load it with things. Helps, all manner of help from heaven to every soul. I pray, Lord, I bless every heart this morning. I ask for a free move and flow of the Holy Ghost, of the Spirit ministration of the spirit thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus river flow by your power thank you our Lord Jesus we give all the glory to your holy name. We worship you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. 
Hallelujah. Thank you. God bless you. Sekandia tosapania castiva Merecosha pania Fatania palio supranta galavanata Precose famahata li prostega Vevantia valia patania prostuprata labanash devanta Vrecosa maricata li sopranta tania Apatelio suprenta galavanata Pretanisa fanta tania prosecalia pronto lobos to vratel in mecaitia Franta tania Leontuma, Efrente Lepania, Caprosto Prente, Alita, Makainta, Ella Makind, my kind, my kind, Ella Prosto from to my kind, Ella Pronto Goloposte Vanti Lecatosa Branta, for I've come to open my belly, I've come to open my content, I've come to unveil and to show you my person, my content, my belly. I want to bring you into my belly. I want to bring you in. I want to bring you in that you may be pushed forth, that you may be pushed forth, that you may be pushed forth. I want to push you forth. I want to birth you. I want to birth you even with me, even with me, even with me for all things, all things that the Father art and mine. I've been given authority for even to give them to you, to show them to you, to be born of me. I've come to birth you, that my content will be your content, that you come even into the content of me, even into my belly is open for my belly, my belly, my makeup, my makeup, my person. I've come to overshadow you, to overshadow you, to overshadow you, for it is time to begin to do my meat, to do my meat, to do my meat, like the death as I did the father's meat, and I finished it. Take up my meat, take up my meat, and do it, and do it. It is my content. It is who I am. It is what made me. It is 
is what framed me. It is how I am. That is what made me up. The content of me is what I've come to unveil. I've come to open my person to you that you may see me again and walk in me and move in me and have your entirety in me. That as I'm set at my my father's throne, I even want you to sit with me, but it has to be by birthing. I have to birth you. I have to birth you. So I open my belly. I open myself. I open my content. I bring what framed me and made me up to you this morning that you may be framed up and be like me and look like me and walk like me and sound like me and exhale like me and be like me and be made in my likeness. I've come to show you likeness. I've come to raise image and to show you likeness, says the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Um, okay, let's, um, let's open our Bibles to First Timothy. First Timothy chapter 4. Amen. Um, praise God. Are you happy to be here this morning? Are you sure? Okay. Thank you for being here. Um, let's read uh, verse, verse 16, 1 Timothy 4, verse 16, it says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness, right? Um, God was manifest in, God was manifest in the flesh, Justified in the spirit, seen of angels, right? Preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and then what? Received up into glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. The mystery of godliness, right? God was manifest in the flesh, and then God did what? He was justified where? In the, in the spirit, justified in the spirit. So this, Mystery of godliness is the, let's say the mystery of godliness. And we see it's verse 16 without controversy. So uh, it means that there is no, there shouldn't be any controversy about the mysterious nature of godliness. When I say godliness here, I'm seeing godliness as um, God likeness, right? God likeness, or the uh, so when they say the mystery of godliness, he's, he's talking about the the mystery of the endeavor of producing something that is like God, right? Godliness, when you hear godliness, godliness is like a um, godliness, a godliness. Godliness. 
Godliness. Amen. Amen. The reason why that word exists is because God created other beings for whom he has a purpose, a plan, a desire that is and a destiny for these creatures to be able to come into his likeness. If that is not a desire of God or God's plan for humanity, there won't be anything like godliness in the Bible. God will just be separate by himself. Man will be separate by himself. Man should be like man. God should be God. Right? But there is something called godliness as a pursuit in the scripture. And we must never, um, we must never turn our eyes away from it. Um, the world will do a lot. Not just the world, but it's the world really. But sometimes even the world manifest in the church will try to turn away the hearts of Christians from this hope, from this expectation. That is the, the expectation of being godly. And we know that this is not being born again. And you can be born again and be ungodly. Right? So this is talking about the actual hope which the gospel is painting. And every Christian must come here, arrive at this place, settle. Then when you arrive at not fighting this as God's expectation for man, then you now begin. Praise God. And the journey of godliness takes, it's a journey of a lifetime. Meaning that with the present current calibration of man's lifetime, it's a journey of decades for any person. So it means that every person who is serious with God should get to a point where you sit down and you relax and say, okay, I'm ready to give my decades of my life to pursue godliness. And it's not doing Christianity. It's not going to church. It's not, you get what I'm saying? It is a mystery. And this is what Paul was saying to Timothy that without controversy, there will be guys who will try to make it controversial, to make it like something that is debatable, like let's come and check the Bible, let's argue it, you know, is, it, is there still more to do? Is there still more left? And it has turned into a big argument. And but it means that there, is a, there are spirits, and Paul was foreseeing that. He foresaw it at this time while speaking to Timothy, who was a pastor of, church, of a church. And he foresaw seasons when the controversy will be brought into this question, the quest of godliness as the hope for man. You see that? And the hope for... But he's telling him that without what? Without controversy, not little, great is the mystery. So this knocks off the idea of simple Christianity just one verse alone, just this simple verse, right? Knocks, knocks off. You know, I know there's a way that people say, no, but the Bible, Paul is the one who taught that, let nothing beguile you for the simplicity that's in Christ. I agree, but the simplicity is in Christ. Wow. <laughs> you understand, it's in Christ. In Christ. 
when one they say simplicity, was it Pastor K at one time that was teaching that simplicity doesn't mean easy? <laughs> uh, right. So I fear lest any by any means as a serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the word simplicity that is in Christ. The simplicity, when you say, okay, there is simplicity in Christ, it's talking about there is the simplicity that is in Christ. It doesn't mean Christ is simple. Yeah. All right? It's speaking about a particular simplicity that is in him, that is something about, that is simple about him, Christ. And the simplicity in Christ really pretty much has to do with focus of of the task. Or you can see you can see the what he's comparing it with. He is using the example of how the serpent beguiled Eve. It's clear that Eve was beguiled from the simplicity. Right? There was a, a certain kind of simplicity about God's purposes and plan in the garden. Which was God just commanded them to be doing something. Just till it the ground. And God had a plan for the tree of life, which is not a simple tree in itself, but in terms of the vocation that they are called. The vocation, there's simplicity about the understanding of the vocation. That simplicity in Christ is talking about how simple a Christian's life should be. And there will be people who will try to beguile you from it. As a Christian, you have many things. You have your this life, your that life, your this one, this one, that many things. But it's you not know, true. It's actually not true that, that the, the duty of man are not that many. That there's actually a kind of a simplicity to how you actually ought to live. Now, what you're pursuing is not simple. But the point of your life is simple. Praise God. Why did I say the word? The point of your life. But there will be this enemy want to beguile you from that plain simplicity that when you are doing this simple thing, make you feel like you are missing out on many things. Like Martha. Martha, you are encumbered about so many things. What are you encumbered about? The Lord of the universe, resurrection and the life, and so on and so forth. He's right here with you. Why, why are you encumbered about so many things? And, and there must be something that was, I was talking to Martha. No, no. Ah, Jesus is here. Wow, wow. Why wouldn't I take care of him? I need to cook my best meal today. Nice, awesome, legitimate things. But he said, no, just one thing is needful. Verse 42 of Luke chapter 10, right? But one thing is what? Needful. And Mary had chosen that good part, which shall not be what? Taken away. Are you seeing how? So when someone says Christianity is simple, this, that's the simplicity. So most of the guys who say Christianity is simple, what they want is don't sow into the mystery, into the, the tedious work of the mystery. Assume the mystery to be simple, but come and use your soul to pursue every other thing. They say that, that this is the, this is the, this is the, uh, the temptation. Don't spend your time on God too much. God is simple. Come and spend time on work, planning for retirement, raising your home, building your family, paying your children's school fees. What else is there? Getting married, 
These ones are not simple. So spend your soul on this. But leave Christ. Don't, don't spend too much time on that. The Bible says Christ is simple. There's a simplicity in Christ. Are you seeing? That's devil, that's devil logic. Mathematics of Satan. And men always buy such things. Do you understand that? What Paul is saying to us, 1 Timothy chapter 3, right? That without controversy, this is not a controversial thing. It shouldn't be if you're actually thinking straight. That when they call you into the pursuit of likeness of the creator, the being from where all things came from, that can be a simple thing. That it is actually a mystery. And that mystery is great. Say great. Grace. Great is the word. Mystery of what? Godliness. For God was manifest. So it's now there's a colon after that greatness. Thank you. Merci, to live an aya. Abrient, ecrien, to ferestu. Mersonia, frenosti. Thank you, Jesus. Menefrana, feather heart, feather heart. Thank you, Lord, Lord, I yield to you. I ask, Lord, come and speak. Speak your word, Lord Jesus. We are assured of your presence here. And Lord, we want to, we want to, to reach into divine wisdom and fetch from divine wisdom. Lord, remove this cap of mine and put your own heart upon my head. Let me, I want to think through your own mind. Help me, Lord, for the purpose of blessing and wash my eyes with your own eyes out so to see the scriptures right, Lord, to bring the blessing which you want to bring this morning. Thank you, Spirit. When I see a on this final horror to to pest you, I don't to press you, to pest you. I don't to pistol you, to me to pistol you. I'm allowed to pistol you, to write here my pistol in you, to write my pistol, me to writing, for I'm as a writing, for the I to writing. I bring writings, even I to for certain things which I want to write in you, to write in you. I want to write in you. I want to write in you, to write in you, for I to write. To write things in you, for never to write in you, for write in in you, to write the spirit. I want to write the spirit. I want to write the spirit. I want to write the, the spirit upon you. To write the spirit upon you. Write, writing, fanato so to mean to encode you, to encode you, to make make to program your soul to install my program, even to begin the writing of the program of the Spirit upon your soul, upon your soul for ministry, and open door to the ministry of the Spirit to help you to, to see the Spirit, to see the Spirit and help you to, call, to rightly judge concerning the spiritual, to help you to move you beyond mistakes and errors, to make you infallible concerning the things of the Spirit, to secure you and to make you firm, to make you stand, to make you solid, solid concerning the things of the Spirit. Say the Lord Jesus. And thank you, our Lord. Speak expressly to us. We're not hasty. We're just waiting for you. 
We're waiting for guidance of the Holy Ghost for the head to bring us even, even into things of himself, of his, his own self, to guide us, guide us, guide us into all truth, into all truth, into all truth. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Lord, we honor you this morning. Fanatosa, Teratasta, Lepratasta, Lerietasa, Eraton Sevano, Zevantisia, Frestia, Evrenas, Evrana. Inhabit every speech, in every sound. Inhabit every sound, every speech. Minister yourself. Minister yourself. Minister yourself. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. God was manifest in the flesh. Manifest in the flesh. So this is like, almost like a summary. It's very clear that there's a colon after um, godliness, right? So, and then he begins to, to enumerate certain things, which um, um, the way I see, I'm seeing it is like a kind of a summary of the mystery. All right? It's the mystery um, showing different aspect of the mystery, right? Or, or the progression of the, of the content of the mystery of godliness. First of all, it's began, the first, and this, everything that is being listed here are things that must be demystified to the soul. Everything here must be demystified because these are things that are within the mystery. The first is the manifestation of God in the flesh. Do you see that? The manifestation of who? Of God in the flesh. That, that manifestation, um, that is the, the initial manifestation of God in the flesh. This is what um, John chapter 1 began to say. And in chapter 1 verse 1, he said the word was what? Became flesh. It was made flesh. We beheld his glory. Glorious of the only begotten of the Father, full of what? Of grace and full of truth. Praise Jesus. So, so the word being made flesh is the word coming down as actually like a vessel. Sorry, a message. Jesus was a vessel carrying a message. Praise God. That became manifest first in the flesh. So it's clear that the first manifestation of God in the flesh, you were not included in that manifestation. Yeah. It was actually brought about by a man called Jesus. That's what John chapter 1 was teaching us. Amen. And he showed the progression of that manifestation. Right? How it was first the Logos. The Logos came down, became manifest. He spoke concerning the, the man who became a forerunner to the person who will be an embodiment of the Logos, who was Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And so back to 1 Timothy chapter 6, it says, manifest in the flesh. Then what's the next thing? Justified in the spirit. That's very key. Amen. Amen. Do you see that? That's very what? That's very key. God was, God was manifested in the flesh. Then it was justified. You say, how, how do you mean God was justified? 
right? The reason why God must be justified is because he has been manifest, made manifest in the flesh. And when God comes into flesh, flesh is not, <laughs> there's no guarantee. Right? There's no guarantee into flesh. When the Logos came and was made flesh, even when that happened, they removed anything about the guarantee, about what this thing is. They have to now come again and check it. Do you see why? Because flesh has married other things. That the realm of flesh, the world of flesh, is the world of many other things. In fact, somebody else actually stole flesh and took flesh as his property. That Satan, the devil, took flesh and said, flesh belongs to me. But God was able to find a way to manifest in the flesh. It took a lot of time to, for that to occur. A lot of things were done. The Lord finding Abraham, dealings to Abraham, to make him compatible, not just him, to bring forth a lineage, a generation that can break through and find a ground in flesh for there to be a manifestation of God. Are you seeing that? That's what Abraham did. Abraham threw it then down to David, then David all the way down to Joseph and Mary. <laughs> it was actually, this, there is a great mystery that's one of the things that will become, will become demystified in the path of godliness. Is first of all, how was God manifest in the flesh? There was a wisdom because it's not straightforward because flesh did not belong to God. Right? Flesh did not belong to God. There was a mystery. There was something mysterious about God manifesting in the flesh. To learn that, you must study the dealings with Abraham. You must start from there. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? You have to study. Then you must, now, you, will now, you must now study the Jews as a people. Are you seeing why Jesus Christ cannot throw away the curriculum of the Jews? You can't remove the history of the Jews from Christianity because there's, there are mysteries in, the, in there. <laughs> The, this, the mystery of the Jews is simple. How was, did God manifest in the flesh? You know, initially God came to Abraham. After a while, law came. It wasn't about the law. Right? It was actually a, a manifestation of God in the flesh, which God should bring through the nation. It's very clear then that Israel, as a nation, was the one who gave us Jesus. The moment Jesus Christ came from Israel, they are fulfilled. Is Israel, God has wrapped up program of, of anything called Israel in the flesh. God has finished. They have done their job. Everything about them is done. <laughs> the only problem is that they, they now had something called law of Moses, which they thought was everything. And after the job has been done, they didn't know that their job is finished. They are still carrying the law. They don't know that that thing was just, the way Paul put it, that the law was a schoolmaster. Right, it's a schoolmaster to bring you to Christ. Right? So if the, the law is a schoolmaster to bring you to Christ, when Christ comes, you leave the law alone and follow Christ. But they didn't get the memo that the, 
time for schooling mass. That school, school is over. It's time to move into the school of Christ, to, to learn of Christ and to learn Christ. Do you see that? But, but the, the Jew, there is something. The, if you want to tell me what is the mystery which the Jews keep, the, one of the mysteries which the Jews kept in terms of the, if you want to, to archive the dealings of God with the nation of Israel, is how do you make God manifest in the flesh? That's what they fulfilled as a people. And it wasn't willingly. They didn't know that's what God was doing. But God was doing it somehow. Praise God. So while they were doing their, their, their religion, going to the, you know, the temple and all of those things, there was something that was riding among their... God was sneaking something through. Some, God was sneaking something through. He had certain generations through the wisdom of, of transgenerational heritage. Do you get me? What I call it? Transgenerational what? heritage. Something being passed on from generation to generation. Legacy. So it's clear that not all Israel carried that thing, but certain people who were choice, chosen by the Spirit, were able to carry that thing through across the generation. And the rest of Israel as a nation were, were supporting it indirectly, which they didn't know. They didn't know that, but they were supporting the, the carrying of God's seed, which should come, which should manifest later, where? In the flesh. Are you, are you understanding what I'm trying to say? That is the... This was, this, all these things are the wisdom of Paul. These are the things which the Lord Jesus explained and began to teach Paul. And those wisdoms are, are very necessary for the, for, the, for the body of Christ because the, the manifestation of God in the flesh that came with the Jew produced was for like an example of a manifestation that all the earth should produce. So the entire Jewish nation produced one. Wow. Right? The whole nation produced what? One. They all produced one. They produced one who was the type, who was the example of what the rest, all the nation, the Bible, you say the Bible always says something. Now, glory to God. May the Lord give us wisdom. Paul. Amen. We need the, a lot of spiritual perspective to really understand Paul's language. Really understand Paul's language. You see, Paul, for example, will say, I, Paul, an apostle, to you Gentiles. He was very clear about it. He said, I'm an apostle to the Gentiles. Right? Apostle to who? To Gentiles. If you read... Um, Let's see an example of that. You know, a lot of places, but let's see. Let's see a Galatian, for example. So Galatia was to the to the churches, right? In Galatia. In 
in 1 Corinthians. Glory to God. Let's see 1 Corinthians chapter 2. No, sorry, not 1 Corinthians 2. Let's see Ephesians. Praise Jesus. In Ephesians 3, verse 1, it says, For this cause I, Paul, prisoner of who? Jesus Christ, for you who? You see, that was, it said, for this reason I was, I was imprisoned by Jesus Christ, right, for you. Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to who? To you, Lord. How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the word mystery. Are you seeing this mystery here? of Christ. So he's speaking about my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and who prophets by the spirit that the Gentiles, very particular, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and what partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by what? The effectual working of his power. And it says, unto me who am less than the least of the saints, of all saints, is this grace given that I should do what? Preach where? Among the Gentiles, the word, unsearchable riches of Christ. Then verse 9, to make all men see what is the fellowship of what? Of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world had been hidden God, who created all things by who? Jesus Christ. So to make all men see the fellowship of the mystery. So when you see mystery, Mysteries, what he, call, what he calls mystery as the gospel. The gospel of mysteries is the property of Gentiles. Are you seeing that it is the property of who? Is the property of Gentiles. If any Jew will come and have access into the mystery of Christ, that Jew must first become a Gentile before they can gain access to the mystery of Christ. The only doorway into the mystery of Christ is the only, the door is only made for Gentiles. Do you get me? It's only made for who? For Gentiles. Let's see, let's see Galatians. Galatians. Just, it's it a bit more of, of this point I'm making. Praise God. In chapter two, I believe, let's, that was when, or oh, is it chapter one? Okay. 
let's, let's read from chapter one, please. I read just a little bit. I want us to establish some things. There are some things we know and we believe, but we don't really understand them. But if we don't understand them, <clears throat> the ground can be a bit shaky. And Satan looks for shaky ground, eh? Then if your ground is shaky, later you can come and convince you against things you once knew, but you never really understood. <laughs> but and those things are building blocks upon which a lot of the, the pattern of our pursuit are framed upon. You say, okay, why revelation knowledge? Why all these things? You, know, <laughs> you, need, you must know scripturally according to pattern how the Lord has chosen to to bring to wrought salvation. Amen. Amen. It says Paul an apostle, not of men, not of men, neither, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. Are you seeing that? And all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia, grace be to you and peace from God the Father, from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for Please don't find this message boring, okay? There's a manner of this message, so just discern it. <laughs> Who gave himself for our sins, right? Why? That he might deliver us from this present evil world. Right? According to the will of God and our, our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I marvel that you, you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ onto another gospel. So really what you are actually called into is into the grace of Christ. Grace is specific. That's when you take this, read this side by side by Ephesians 3. Paul was speaking about Unto I, who am lower than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach that unsearchable riches of Christ, right? And that to make all men see, right, what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world had been hid in God, who created all things by what? By Jesus Christ. What's in verse 10? It says, um, amen. And to the intent, okay, manifold wisdom of God. Praise Jesus um, now, the, this grace of Christ is, means what is inside Christ himself, right? What Christ himself is full of. Remember John chapter 1, after the word became flesh, dwelt among us, right? The word dwelt among us is for manifestation. When you say God manifests in the flesh, dwelt among us, then we beheld his glory. Means he was manifested to us as of the only begotten of the Father, full of word, full of grace, and full of truth. So grace is actually what? See, grace, we know that truth is also grace as well. It's another way grace is conserved in the spirit. Right? So we know that what Paul, the purpose of Paul's apostleship, Paul was an apostle of grace. First, when you say grace, grace and its, its many forms of conservation, which are many, peace, truth, right? 
grace and its many forms. But when you say grace, grace is a summary of, the, of, of what is his substances that are inside Jesus, which he came to give, is what is summarized as grace. Right? And then grace is locked in mysteriously in him. Honest truth. That's just the way it is. Grace is what? Locked mysteriously. You know, that is such that this is one of the, the principles of the New Testament. You cannot touch grace and own it without a fellowship of mystery. Do you understand what I mean? You can't what? Touch grace. When I mean grace, I mean the grace that is in Jesus. So I'm talking about the one which he came to give to men. That nobody can access and touch that grace without a fellowship. Right? To, to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. That was what his apostleship was for. Are you, are you getting what I'm trying to say? Praise God. So, unto the grace of Christ, unto, so that, verse 6, I marvel that you are, not, you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ, unto another word, gospel. What is it? Another gospel. Say another gospel. Gospels are many. Especially now in our day. There are so many that everybody now has their own. But the thing with, with other gospels is that there is a way, there's a place where they agree with each other. Some, somewhere. Every other gospel that's not the gospel of Christ has an agreeing point. Can you tell me the agreeing point? Just very easy. Huh? The preaching of this life. Uh, right? When I say preach, I mean the that directly on it. They might not say it, ah, this word is everything, but check what they're saying. It's like, <laughs> gospel just means message. What's the end of the gospel? Every gospel has a hope. That's how you judge message. A preacher can come now, bamboozle everything open, preach from Genesis to Revelation, preach it backwards, turn it upside down again, lay it flat, raise it up, build everything. Else. Hey, wow, Bible, Bible. And then now check, just wait, wait for his landing point. That's how you divide ministers of the gospel. Just don't be bamboozled. Just wait for where they land at the end. Do you understand me? And that's one of the, the difficulties of our current time. You hear all manner of things. Hey! How many times have I heard somebody say, ah, I've heard one guy is teaching what of righteousness. What of righteousness, really? Because ah, I've been looking for them since. Can you come and show me to this guy? And then when you hear the message, why, what, what, the reason why they say they sound like whatever is because they use the same kind of script, they talk the same way, they all kind of things, and all, but you can't never judge by it. Just check where they are landing. Yes, sir. Just check the landing. <laughs> Someone can preach all the mystery. At the end of the day, the mystery is to help you deal with one of your uncle in the village who is troubling you, who is bewitching you. Again, 
what she was saying so I feel maybe it's too I would just I would I would speak I would just keep speaking. It's, it's just the tongue is an emphasis on the point, the present point. Mm. It, the tongue is just talking about the mystery of altars in the spirit. I just mystery of altars in the spirit that every altar is for a memorial. And every memorial is to tie a person to an experience. It's, it, an altar is to make you never forget. An altar is a place of sacrifice where you lose something, you pour something that cuts you deep, that makes you, wherever you go, you never leave that, that's altars. That's the, just the mystery of that. And it says that the enemy is a razor of altars for men. And every altar that's raised, that's not raised by God, is to fight God, yeah. which is actually to fight the altars in the spirit, which the Lord is actually raising, and wants His people to, to actually, to be raised also in His own people. Glory to Jesus. Yeah. You get what I'm saying about gospels, and every altar has a message, right? Every altar has a message. Every altar has a gospel. It's preaching. Praise God. So, so I was saying that there has to be a lot of wisdom. Right? That you have to check, check the end of the message. What is the hope? Uh, right? A preacher can preach and every, everything, after all they preach and all that, it comes down to the end of solving your financial problems or solving your something or, or just healing your body or something. You get what I'm saying? Mighty revelations of the Bible, but it's, it's, it's difficult. One of the things you will find difficult on the earth is gospel of salvation. And some people have accused and say, why well, you guys, do you feel like you are the only one preaching? <laughs> sometimes I answer, I don't even know where to answer again. You know, sometimes you feel, praise God. You know, it sounds weird. Are you, do you feel like you are the only one that has the, the true gospel? There's only, maybe it's only daddy reverend that's preaching the gospel. Nobody, nobody has said that. Right, nobody has said that. We are just saying that this is the one we have seen. Can you go and bring another one? I mean, I'm looking for others I've not seen. And I'm not talking about that they, they preach and then they now mention be holy at the end or something, that kind of thing. No. But, we all know that that does not help anybody. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? We're talking about bringing hope of salvation and making your salvation of your soul the main, the main subject. 
and then stay there and keep teaching it and teaching it. Don't get tired. Don't feel like doing something else. Keep teaching and teaching and teaching and teaching salvation and teaching. That's the gospel. Teach Christ. Teach God. Keep, teach Christ and God. And because those beings are the beings of what? Of, of salvation. I you know those kind of questions that make me remember the times of Jesus. And even, the, let's say, the time of John. You know the example of John? Are you the one or... Who are you? Are you Elias? Are you all of those things? Who do you, who's, what says thou of thyself? <laughs> they always question people that God sent like that. <laughs> because it's, it's a spirit. It's the same spirit. When I read those guys questioning John, I smell his spirit. And when I go to where they are questioning Jesus, I smell the same. You are the same guy talking. It's the same spirit. Is the, is the spirit to make you feel bad. So when you say, they went to stone him because he said he's the son of God. You, you, mean, you mean you are the son of God? <laughs> <laughs> he has already said it. When they ask you where, it's so that you can say it so that you now feel bad about who you really are. So that you now say, it's, like, it's like maybe something like daddy coming out and say that, please, I, I'm not the one. God did not really send me. Yeah, yeah, God has, you know, Whereas God sent him. It's like maybe we'll say that just to be nice to everybody, daddy will just come and say, disclaimer, well, um, you can listen to anybody in the body of Christ. God has raised many preachers and they're all you know, valid. Everybody has his own thing. So just find the old place that minister to you. You know, it sounds very nice. You're not calling attention to yourself. It's very nice, and just you know, everybody just go everywhere. You know, very nice thing, just to free himself from all the wahala. You know what I mean? But if God sent you, God sent you the message. There's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. God sent you the message to to preach the salvation of the soul. Of how of souls, God say that to me, soul is what is important to men. Everything is important, but can you go and preach to men that saving their soul is what's important? So that gospel is not the first gospel. It was the gospel of Paul. You get that's what that Paul received it. Jesus also taught it, right? So Jesus taught it in a manner. Jesus, it was locked. Jesus, Jesus just preached things and then he locked them up for future times when people who, to who those things pertain will be able to come and raise them and to see them. Right? Well, but then the Lord, Paul, what Apostle Paul is saying here is, and you know when you read that, um, you know if you read um, that um, Ephesians, that three we just read. It sounds like Paul, can't you be humble at all? Do you have only two humility? <laughs> have you ever read that place before? He said, What is the meaning of this? I, I, Apostle, which I have received for you, Gentiles. It means you, only you, for all the Gentiles. <laughs> God did not. <laughs> and moreover, all these 12 guys who followed Jesus all these years, God did not go to them. You are the one who, who they, who are you? <laughs> The prisoner of Jesus Christ for you. 
you know, you know that kind of talk. Someone will say, I'm prisoned for, by Jesus for you. Someone will stand up and say, why, are you for, why didn't Jesus imprison me for myself? <laughs> and you know this thing I'm dealing with this morning, this thing, there's something here. There's a monstrous spirit that has arisen now. He's an agent from hell has been sent against the people of God who are joining to salvation to bring foolish arguments about things like this. And that, that spirit has been around Christian thing for a long time. So he knows the language he will use to speak to his soul to deceive them. It will be language like, well, there's no better place than your closet. Just you and your God on your knees. What a holy thought, right? Does anything sound holier than that? I know before that spirit came, Satan has already done many things to set up that. You know that he will send small boys to scatter things so that when the spirit, Gongo, is coming, it will now seem like the, the springer of the, of the truth. One thing Satan has done over time is to make sure that the, the, the individual devotion of Christians are weak. Yeah. I used to know this thing, following prophets around, prophet this, prophet that, all those people no longer praying. All of those things is because it's, it's, it's gearing up for that spirit to come. It's to give that spirit a message when it comes. <laughs> and then when that spirit is talking, people will not check there. It's true. I don't really pray. <laughs> I don't really pray. I'm not really in the, You know what I mean? But the, you see the error there. As if your private prayer is a substitute for following who God sent. As if it's one or the other. <laughs> As if you cannot pray and still. And still. <laughs> this is just one. There are many things. That's why you must be wise. You must be sound. No, see how he's sounding here. I, prisoner, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to me for you. Father, my revelation, he made known unto me the mystery. <laughs> Someone called me, hey, it's calm now. Are you an apostle? <laughs> Did you ever see Jesus when he was alive? Yes. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> and when Jesus was revealing to Paul, Jesus knew men would question those things, but he didn't care. He went to Saul on the way to Damascus. God does not use men to approve what he's doing. Because most of the time, those men are the ones he needs to save. Imagine God wants to save the church and God sends someone to the church. Then we are now waiting. But the church is not approving him. I don't understand the logic of that. Like, the, the church is oblivious in a certain world, and we, it's clear the oblivion. It's very clear. There's lack, severe lack of emphasis on the journey of the saving of the soul. 
in the church of Christ. Nobody can, can argue from now to tomorrow. That's your own argument. But it's, it's an actual truth. We are, we don't, we're not living. We're not living. And we're not, apart from not living, the message of emphasis is not the world to come. It's not in. It, it's not really in becoming like the Lord. We emphasize many, every, we emphasize this life and we emphasize this world. That is one of the main problems which the word of righteousness is coming to solve in the church. It is also the same time I was talking to my wife yesterday, just <laughs> thinking of the picture when, when Jesus came on the scene in Israel. By that time, things were going, was rosy for the priests. Priests in one corner, they have their own setup. You understand? It's in the temple. Guys always come. Imagine goats are flowing constantly. Rams, all kinds of things. Offerings. You get what I mean? Then you know how the Pharisees, all those guys, in their own corners. They have their things. Some, <laughs> you understand what I mean? This one, they have their own food that they eat. Their own food is honor, respect. They are elite. Nobody should touch that operation. When a Pharisee is coming, everybody becomes ashamed and hide. Hey, these are the guys. You understand what I mean? So things were set, then Jesus came. And this one young small boy, nothing to write home about him. When you see him, the natural. And imagine that kind of thing. They now heard that this guy, he went, he met with John, that crazy John who we heard about. <laughs> you understand? You know, John was already a problem. They cited John. John was caused. We know the problem of John was attention. That was what John and Jesus, the problem they caused, the disruption that they caused at that time. All of a sudden, you just say that. The number of people coming to temples are reducing, small, small. Every day, the Levites will count the number of rams that came in. Uh-uh. When the high priests, when they come, they will count how many rams came in today or this week. What's going on? The number is reducing? They will say, okay, is it that fewer people are coming or they are bringing less rams? They will say, ah, man, people are getting few. Something is going on. Why, why are guys no longer coming to the temple? Even the Pharisees, and they will also feel it too. There's a way that people normally. But you understand what I mean? They now they now heard of one guy called John, and they they now had to send people to him. Representative Levites came, priests came. Do you see that? Priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are thou? Why are they asking him who are thou? It's not because they're interested to know. They felt something. Some guys are no longer showing up. They are going to some other place. They, they, they go to near wilderness, Jordan, strange places. They, they wonder, why would people be living here and be going to that place to ask, what is in John? Who are you? Then Jesus came out and brought his own. I know Jesus was different from John. 
Jesus, when Jesus came, what happened? A lot of John's disciples followed Jesus. On top of that, he had a bigger problem. Bigger problem. He made a, what was the biggest problem? Is that this one goes into the house of sinners. Yes, So, he has no boundary. He has nothing. One day, he would he 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 land in the temple and flog some guys. Yeah. Who selling, right? <laughs> <laughs> he, mean a full assault on... I know those guys, those table changers, they're not... You can't be selling in the temple without the priest. There's some kind of license they have to operate. And, I might, and let me not accuse them wrongly, but I feel that if they have that license, something is a kickback somewhere. I'm not, I'm not saying, because the Bible didn't say that, but I'm just using my imagination to imagine. But the, the people expect that if Jesus is who he says he is, the priest should validate him. How can you just rise up and just be talking all these things? God this, God that, God that, God, God sent. You know, why if you are like that, why haven't the priest validated? Okay, let's leave priests. What about Pharisees? These are doctors of the law. If anybody should know who the Messiah is, these guys should know. Now, now imagine depending on the validation of those guys to prove who God has sent. And do you know the funny thing? There are people who are from that time, who would have died, who they will go and they will meet the Lord. And the Lord will ask them, I sent my son to you. What happened? Well, they will say, ah, I was a obedient person. You instituted priesthood. Pharisees are your guys. They read your scriptures. So I, I just, I, I, I submit by nature. They didn't, they told us this guy is a, is a thief, he's a bad guy. So I submitted to them. Wasn't the, aren't these authorities you placed in Israel? I'm just obeying them. Wow. Now, question: Would that man be justified before God? You say no. The establishment rejected him, so because of that, I followed them. <laughs> when you stand before God, the truth is that you won't even say that when you see God. The reason is that you both know, both know that when He came, there was something in your heart. There was something in your heart that told you this man is true. And when God is judging, God, you can't tell God, please deceive me. You won't even tell him, you know why? Because you know, you know, you know something in your heart. Bow witness. Bow witness to the truth. Because when God sends a message, people with a message, that is a time of test for men. It's a testing time. That's actually when you know guys, as how you know men, as how you separate people. Because in that time, you know, you find out that a person who has a bad heart will look for the legitimate means to reject who God has sent. Yeah. 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 
Like you say, ah, what of righteousness? Why is it all the world, the, the church is preaching it? Very legitimate. Are you seeing that kind of reason? But can you stand before God and tell him that? You actually cannot. You actually cannot. Because you, 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 when a messenger comes to you, you judge a messenger by his message. And that's what Jesus kept saying to the Jews. Okay, Jesus will say, of all these things I've done, which one are you actually on? Okay, you want to stone me. I'm not saying don't stone me. Or just tell me which one you're stoning me for. <laughs> for which do you want to crucify me? And I know Pilate was wiser than all of them. See, all of you guys, you guys are all crazy. You want to kill this man. What is the fault of this man? He washed his hand of it. You, you guys and your craziness, I have nothing to do with you. Somebody came and said he's the son of God. When Pilate spoke to him, Pilate knew that this is the son of God. You know, this, the, he has not seen anybody in the whole kingdom like that man. In his mind, he's like, how can this man be here and not be your king? It's clear, this is the king of the Jews. <laughs> So if Pilate, who was a Gentile, could easily discern that, just talking to a quick conversation, yeah. how much more the priest? And all. <laughs> are you seeing, now, are you seeing what, when you make a covenant with the present life, what it will do? What made the Jews and all of those guys afraid is just because they know, they know the path. They know that what accepting Jesus will mean. It will mean an end to their present Emphasis of life. You see what Pilate said? He said, I am innocent of the word, the blood of this just person. Of this just. So he judged him to be just. It means Pilate, a Gentile, could see that Jesus was a just man, but the Jews could not. Why? Because they were blinded, they were drunk, drunk by their own things. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, do you know that in Jesus' system, let's say Jesus, Paul, Jesus, Paul, John, all these people I, I use as example. Do you know that in their own time, not everybody in Israel met them? Do you know that there would still have been some people, there could have still been some people who never had an opportunity about Jesus too? Pick his message to follow his teaching, to follow his doctrine. You right? You, you believe that? There are those who will not, who don't have, who never heard his message. Do you, you get what I mean? There were people who, they all they know. There's one guy who is a heretic, who is being crucified. Do you understand me? They know that. They just heard the report that, ah, there's a guy who has been saying heretic things, though. The guy, they never heard Jesus before. They never heard this message. Then to them, why would someone come and be, be a heretic and claim all these things? Please crucify him. Do you know that those guys are innocent of his blood? 
They are innocent of his blood because they never, the, the witness of his message never came to them. The same thing in Paul's time and the time when they persecuted the disciples, when they rejected their message, there are people who heard their gospel because of their own way, their own, you know, the life they want to live. They came against this man and killed them. Those men will not go free. But there are people who never heard the gospel, that their gospel, but because of that, we're not able to come into the salvation which they preach. For such people, the Bible explains that such people, God has a way of how he judges such people. Right? He judges them based on the light that came to them. How do they use their own light, with their own conscience? Right? Praise God. When, let's say, we have some decades left on this earth, right? For all of us. When we are finished here and we go, and we stand before the Lord, all of us, the conversation that the Lord will have with somebody who lived on the earth and never heard the word of righteousness, it's not the same conversation he's going to have with you. Do you, do you, agree, with, do you agree with that point? Conversation of there are many people right now in the church who have, who have never heard this word, who might never hear it till they die. The conversation that the Lord will have to them is not the same that you have with you. Who knows whether their end will be better than yours or worse? You cannot tell. It's based on what did they do with the one they had, with what was manifest. That's a different thing. Are you seeing that? That's why in the Bible, they are merciless about people who you bring truth to and they don't want it. Jesus, for example, even said that if that ever happens to you, when he sent, you know, he sent them into the villages, right? He said there will be some who will receive you. There will be some who will not receive you. He said if you are able to bring this message to a person, to a household, they hear the message because there was spirit on them. Jesus had put grace on them to be carriers of the message. I said if you go to a place, and they don't accept you. Don't even waste time with them. Just dust the sandals off your feet and move away from them. Was it John that was saying, if, if you have anyone who has not this doctrine, that season when he was speaking, it was a time when this doctrine has been published so far that nobody has excuse at that time. He said, don't even beat them Godspeed. Second John verse, 1 verse 10, if they come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not unto your house, not that bid him Godspeed. Because this season was in the, the era when this truth has been published. Right? For he that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. This evil deeds, right? When they say evil, you see what evil deeds here, what God calls evil deeds. Evil deed is not, an, it's not, it's not, an, it's not a person who is innocent, who is living his own natural life, pursuing after corruptible things, because that's all he knows to do. In fact, that's what his pastor preaches. So him, so him not even doing that is disobeying his pastor. Like his pastor say, hey, all of you must be millionaires. I say, no, I won't be a millionaire. You are a, you are a rapist. <laughs> 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 
right? You're in a church where your pastor says, all of you must be millionaires. And you say, no, I'm not going to. You're rebelling. The, the Lord can even, dis, dis, can even discipline you for being disobedient. That's the level of the light at that time. Man, obey that thing. That's, your, that's the level. Wow. <laughs> you get... But so such a person like that is not what you actually call. When they say evil deeds, it's different. Jesus described evil deeds in the book of John. Right? He said this is condemnation. Right? That light came. But the men who saw light but loved darkness because their deeds were evil. Are you seeing what they call evil deeds of men? It's when a, a person would take side with darkness against light because of the things that they are doing. They are in love with their things and in love with their life. So that standard of John was saying that when you, when you see such a fellow, it's not, don't walk in love. This is not who you walk in love with. I'm so sorry. I'm teaching you the Bible. This is just the Bible. I'm so sorry. If anybody is, um, has anything with this, don't have it with me. Have it with John. Right? I'm not the one. And I've explained to you that this is not talking of Christian. I'm not saying Christians who are not speaking the way you speak. Who are not hearing, no, no, I'm, not, I'm talking of someone who this, the light has been manifested to, but are choosing their corruptible life over this. <laughs> is, what, the Lord, what they are saying is that what is making them do that is something inside their heart that God doesn't want you to go near at all. Even wishing them good, good speed, that's not your job. You see that, and you will start seeing more of these things. The more this word begins to get published in the body of Christ, the more you begin to see varying kind of reactions of hearts and men to it. And we must have wisdom. Some people have gotten lost in terms of walking in love. Somebody has, right? Somebody has, has taken this gospel. I've seen such things. You take this gospel, you don't want it. You are choosing your life against it. So in order to have an argument against it, you now begin to meditate and look for faults, and that's the work of an evil heart. There are people who you do that, then if, let's say, a, a brother who's not too wise goes to such a person to try and win them back, they will be, they can't, you don't know what is working inside of them. The moment you take the gospel, the truth, and you want to find error in the truth, you are, you, are, you are sending a phone call to a, to a deadly department of hell with some kind of specialized wicked spirit. And you are calling them, come to my house. Let's fellowship together. And, and I bet you, a lot of the, guy, the ones, the evil spirits who were talking to those high priests to kill Jesus, they might be in your house. They will come. Those ones, they have specialty, PhD, in argument against the truth. In, in finding fault in just things. Let me advise you, don't argue against the truth. If you feel like, wow, this thing is true, but I don't have strength to do it, just say that. I'm just weak. 
just, I'm, I'm just weak. I don't know. It's, it just seems so hard. If that's your problem, there's answer for you. The answer for you are many. But sometimes because of pride, you, know, you don't admit that you are struggling. No, you just no, it's just wrong. It's just like, you also want to prove that you are spiritual and prove your own spiritual ground. <laughs> Take that. Thank you, Father. Oshapata dia sapra nevenata, prohosa fantia, felia supra telia papali televela catania, fafano sepania tania, fafania fania catania, frama sotania pantia tania pandia canta, felia called me for help. Come to me, come to me, look on to me, look on to me, look up to me, look up to me, look up. For I have said, ask and you will receive. For I am your great help, I am your great shepherd. I am even he that walketh in you, even both to will and to do. So come to me. Hold not your strength and not all evil in your strength. For la pantia, for I have said, come unto me. You are laboring, you are laboring, and you are laboring where you have no strength. But come to me, for I am the restorer of strength. I even in your weakness, I will make my strength perfect. In your weakness, for I even love your weakness. I love your feebleness. I love when you are helpless. That is when you ought to come to me. Come to me for I am your great help. I am your help. I am your help. So come to me for help. See Sasota, come plainly and truly and honestly in your heart. All the truth with your good conscience. All the truth with good conscience and come for help. For it, was, it is even I that walketh in you to will and to do of my good pleasure. For there is no power or strength in you for to do my will. It is even I that gives you the strength for to obey truth, for to walk in truth. So come to me, come to me, come to me and lay down, lay down, bow down and cast your crowns down, cast your thrones down, cast them down for I will, it is even I that is coming against them that you may cast them down. So come to me, come to me Come to me just as you are. Come to me naked as you are. For I see it, but I want you to come to me naked and plain as you are. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Um, God is awesome. God is awesome. God is awesome. God is... It's very clear. We know that the Bible says that who will have all men be saved? And come to the knowledge of the truth. That's God's will. That's God's delight. God, the amount of goodwill in the heart of God, you can't even think it. You understand what I mean? In terms of how, the, how, how good his heart is 
towards every human being. The kind of good God thinks of every person. His, his will, it's called goodwill. The Bible calls it the good pleasure of his will towards every soul, every person. It's unfathomable. It's unfathomable. How much good will God has for you? It's just that there's this little challenge of man's will too. And the problem with man's will is that it's not just about whether you will or you don't want or you don't want. It's that man has the capacity to take side with the devil. And the devil is extremely anointedly destructive. He doesn't just destroy. He, he creates destruction, breathes into it, and sends it on message. So if the Bible speaks about the destruction that wasted at noonday. It's an activity that's operating. <laughs> it wasted at noonday. Those are the machines of Satan that he has, he has unleashed. And God knows that such things are, on, are around. A, a, a person who is a Christian born again can carry destruction in their mind. And they, they go and visit another brother. And they leave destruction there. And go. Satan has made destruction into micromolecules of thought, thoughts, ideas, just a feeling. Someone just comes and just says one nonsense and leaves it in, lay an egg in your house and go away and you carry it. <laughs> you see, that's why this level of harshness in that John we read that don't even beat them God's speed because they know of the enemy, sorry, John knows how destructive the property, such certain things, certain thoughts are destructive to the soul. So God is very awesome, loving. He has so much goodwill, but there is a kind of, because he is too good, he has no tolerance for evil. If you have tolerance for evil, you are not good enough. You understand? And that's one, one way you know that parents, physical parents, are not good enough. Because that's why Jesus said, even you being evil, even though you can give good gifts, but you are evil, there's a place where your evil nature will show up. <laughs> there's a place to show up. How, where will it show up? There's some kind of evil that you can still condone. So you are not really good enough. What makes God good the way he is? That he has zero tolerance for anything evil. He can never allow it. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? You see some statements about God that should make you fear. For example, Jacob I love, Esau I hate. Imagine God hating a baby in the womb. God looking at a baby and saying, I hate you. I hate you. It's the Bible who said it. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not this is a day of disclaimer, so I have to disclaim. I have to disclaim a lot of things. I'm not the one, it's the Bible. Amen. These white guys have a problem with the Bible. They cover all these things that are in there, but you can't change them. You can't be too nice than God. You know, there's niceness of the devil. Yeah. 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 Niceness of the devil is niceness that it feels good now, but at the end of the day, 
everything will are spoiled later. But God is like, it's not like that. God will fix what needs to be fixed now. God doesn't fall for emotional something, something. It doesn't mean that he's not emotional. <laughs> it's not that it's the cold. It's like, no, 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 God, come on. God made all the emotions you feel. All the, is, you understand what I mean? Just that he knows what is bad and he hates it. He said he could see, he could check. Esau, have I hated. Why do I hate Esau? Attitude towards promise. If you can give away such a thing for your immediate Christian, I hate you. I hate you. I actually hate you. I don't. <laughs> you understand what I mean? It means that you are not good. And it's possible that if you meet Esau in the natural, very nice man. Lovely. You wonder how can God hate such a fellow? Isn't this guy nice? And you know how I, why I feel he will be nice in the natural? It's because he's awake to natural things. He, will, he, will be, he, will be, he might be one of the choicest kind of fellows where you will meet in terms of natural life. Well, you see, Jacob is different. Jacob. <laughs> Jacob. 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 Jacob has things in him. You know what I mean? Jacob can take your stuff. <laughs> so it means he wasn't a nice guy. It's very clear what he did to Esau was not too nice, really. Bamboozle his father, everything. That's not a nice guy. But see, that's not where God, God knows we can clean this up. That's not the problem. We need the place that matters. This, this is. That's why you must be careful when you try and please men. That's not, you're not called to please anybody. That, that's just the honest truth. When God is talking to you later at the end, they won't be there. Nobody will be there. It's just you and him. That's even if you see him. You know, for, for you to say God is even talking to you is a high place. It means that you did some things. You went to, it means you entered presence at least. Right? <laughs> Anybody who never entered presence while they're on earth, you will never see God in terms of, do you get what I mean? There's a manifestation of God that you will never see. There's an aspect of God that is actually is a part of his being, his person, that is strictly given as reward. That there's no other way you can ever see that aspect. Right? And that aspect is reserved for diligent seekers, not ordinary people. Right? That he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and is a rewarder. There's what you call he is. Then there's now talking of reward. There's a part of God that is. There's another part of him that is strictly reward for them that diligently seek him. Anybody who doesn't diligently seek God in their life on the earth, forget it for eternities to eternities forever. The aspects of God you will never, ever see. You will never, ever see that aspect. Wow. The, 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 this time of your life is a seed they've given to you. 
It's what you sow it, how you sow it, that will determine. Because one, whether you like it or not, one day, see, time, time will end. Yes. It's no longer time to sow. Yes. They will say, we are sorry. Hey. That season has what? Like when, after you take your last breath, hey, uh, they'll say, we have closed it all. You had all this chance while you're on the earth. For, if you wanted reward of God, you had time. We gave you time. We gave you choice. We sent ministers to you. We, sent, we gave you word. We gave you everything. We set everything for you. Holy Spirit, plenty. You had enough time. Even when you said, you will know you had time. Not you in Jesus' name. I'm just trying to describe something to you that we shouldn't, don't play. You see, you, because we're not talking about going to hell, don't feel like, after all, you escape hell. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. Do you know who God is? You should be afraid of the idea of missing out on parts of God for eternity. This is the way. And some of these things I'm saying to you, some of us cannot really fully hold it right now, but the more this gospel opens up, the more the urgency of our pursuit will begin to rest. The more they push away the urgency of the present life and bring in the spirit, the life of the spirit, the more they're able to paint it to us, the more it becomes real to you. You see God as a, as a treasure that you do everything to get, like Jacob. That was one thing Jacob had. God, Jacob knew that in this life, I will never miss God. Let me miss everything. That's what made him fight with an angel. I won't let you go unless you bless me. It's the same nature. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. That was what God saw in him that God said, this is the one I will multiply. Abraham was nice, Isaac was nice, but this one called Jacob, I'm going to change his name, I will make a people out of him. Is God giving a statement. It wasn't because, I don't feel that Jacob was more righteous than Abraham or Isaac, in terms of when you measure him and say, who does all the right things. I don't think he is the one. But there's, some, there's a kind of, a kind of, a, a dogged, you understand? He will not compromise. Abraham had it, but he wasn't as strong as Jacob. He wasn't like Jacob's own. After some time, ah, he got Abraham. Ah, well, you know, <laughs> maybe there can there be another way? You understand? But Jacob was not like that. Jacob would do anything. What is we say? I'm getting this thing. This thing called promise can never elude me. When God saw that kind of, I said, yes, this is, who, this is the guy who, who will make a nation out of him. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise God. God is good. I said God is good. You know that all I'm teaching you this morning is just the goodness of God. Do you agree with that? You, you don't, you, you've not heard it in this format before. Uh, this is the goodness of God. I'm just telling you, this is God's goodness. Is how I'm just trying to declare to you how how resolute God is to give you all of Himself, to give you the best, the best which He has for you. Glory to God. And so, in this spirit, 
with this understanding is what what Paul was saying some of these things in the book of Galatians. Amen. Um, so in verse 6, he said, I marvel, Galatians chapter 1, verse 6, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into what? Into the grace of Christ, unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we are an angel, though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, that let him be what? Accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, that if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be what? Accursed. For do I now persuade men of God? It means what am I trying to persuade? Praise God. Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. But if pleasing men was my main, you know, if I'm looking for the validation of men, I shouldn't be the servant of Christ. Because men are not friends of Christ. They are not friends. Christ is offensive to men and all their things and their plans and purposes and pursuits. If, if you make pleasing men as the number one thing, the mistakes you're going to make. We are not saying that you should not try to please men. But this is the sense he's saying, is that this is not my objective, my core, the core. If while pleasing Christ, men are pleased too, glory to God. Glory to God. But I'm not going to please any man and displease God. I feel I should be strengthening your heart in a way. With these words, should strengthen. Thank God for these people that we are not figuring out things by ourselves. We have examples. And that's why the scripture is given to us. So we see not just doctrine, we are seeing examples of attitudes. Attitudes. I love, I, I love, I, I love the Apostle Paul so much that the way, there's a way he had to, he, to, he didn't just minister doctrine and minister revelation and insight, he ministered himself. The way he talks, he, he taught, told us about his, his way of thinking about certain things. Like what he's saying is, how do I make decisions? And how do I, how do I act around people who are bringing perversions to the gospel of Christ? And when you say perversion, perversion doesn't mean someone is saying go and kill somebody. No, if someone says go and kill, it's not the gospel of Christ they are perverting. It has nothing to do with the gospel of Christ. The, perverting the gospel of Christ is trying to take away from the, right, the, the focus. What is the, what's the, what's the gospel of Christ in summary? Simple, pursuit of grace. Right? It's, it's a pursuit of grace for living. Right, not living, living in inward life. Grace means what is in Jesus, the sowing of one's life to pursue that which is in Jesus. Anybody who speaks or demeans or speaks against that being 
the core focus of life is perverting the gospel of Christ. It is a perversion. So you see that a lot of, we came from perversion. In terms of the, the, the gospel that we all started with is a perverted gospel. We are journeying towards the true gospel. We are not even there yet. We are not even there. That's what we are journeying to. All of those things, Paul described that in Ephesians 4 as what he calls the unity of the faith. That's what we are being built into. What they call unity of faith, right? It's when we arrive at oneness, the, the exact definition of what the gospel is meant to bring. You know, when we, we, we come into fullness of the gospel, you will now discover that a lot of things will now become balanced and correct. In terms of how should the Christian believe in this natural world? We will understand it fully. We will understand it. We will just understand it. How should the person be living here? You know, that's what Jesus mastered, eh? Jesus mastered living on the earth. Mastered living here. You know, he was around all kinds of people. He was, he was, he was around the poor. The poor will come, right? He knows how to relate with them. The rich will come with all their money. He knows how to relate with all of them. Right, both poor and rich, all of them. Both sinners, the ones who think they are righteous, he knows what to say to them. Right? Human beings, their different concoctions came to Jesus. He will never make a mistake about them. Like rich young ruler, he knew how to deal with him. He first of all dealt with the self-righteousness. That's one layer. <laughs> to expose it. That's why he asked him those questions. Expose the self-righteousness. Then he now loaded the actual, the actual matter. The commandment. To him. So that guy wasn't only self-righteous. He also loved his life. Jesus saw those two things in him. <laughs> now, some of us, if that kind of guy meets you today, wow, I met one guy who's on fire for God. If you meet this guy, you won't give him, you, you use him as an example. Hey! He said, some of us, we don't even have anything. We are, we are struggling. Look at somebody who has so much money. He's been keeping the law. He's been, he loves God. You, there's a way in our, <laughs> our lack of discernment with all our scripture can take that guy and then maybe we'll even bring him. You'll be teaching us now. Okay, how do you, was there a time when you felt um, tempted to, you know, stop being faithful when you started getting money? Please, you know, and he will start answering, yeah, yeah, there's some times when the law, you know, there's a clash between the law and, you know, and you, you don't, ah, really? <laughs> Why? Because there's no, not enough judgment to read the man. But the guy came before Jesus. Was it the one who called him good master? Was it the, was it the one? Or was it someone? He said, first of all, I'm not good. (laughs) 
Why do you call me good? There's none good but God. That's already, Jesus has already smelled. It means at this point, Jesus already picked something. Jesus was not on that way. Right? You know, Jesus, he said, I, that's why I said I didn't commit myself to any man because I knew what is in them. When I see a man, I know what is in him. I just watch the person, just watch their way. Like, even the way they are even walking, there's something about it. <laughs> and it's not magic. It's not like maybe a vision, a word of knowledge. By word of knowledge, I know that. No, no, no. He's a reader. He's been trained by his father who looks on the inward. His father taught him how to look on the inside. Who can to weigh soul and extray souls. One thing you should know that in this world you will never be safe until you gain the sight. The, kind, the sight to know what is in men. You must be able to know what is in men. Otherwise you can never be safe. You won't be safe. That's one of the things that the judgment of, of Christ and God will raise you up. You can detect false people. Not, you now realize not everybody who calls himself a brother is a brother. Not everyone who calls himself a sister is a sister. Not everyone who calls himself a pastor is a pastor. Not everybody who calls himself a reverend or a deacon or an apostle is an apostle. Now how do you know which one is not? Judgment. The judgment must be high. It must be sharp. It must have been raised. And it's not natural. It's spiritual judgment. Because he that is spiritual judges all things. But he himself is not judged by any man. You understand what I mean? Good master said, look, there's no one good, though. But God, Jesus has started dealing with his problems already. Because Jesus said, what? Who are, first thing Jesus think, who are you to call me good? If you're calling me good, what have you seen that makes you call me good? And Jesus knows that this man knows nothing concerning who I am. So what you're calling good about me is not really good at all. It's something that seems good to you. Do you understand where Jesus is coming from? It means that the, maybe the guy, because he's a, a ruler too, would have, would have watched Jesus. Huh? This way Jesus' operation is, means guys are also following him, all of, all of those other things. Maybe that, thing, that savour smells good to him. And God is saying that what you are calling good has nothing to do with God. So forget, I don't accept that your goodness. There's none good but God. Now, so imagine the, 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 the speed of his, his judgment. The speed of his Jesus was quick. He was fast. He had been raised by his father. This was a guy who was born in Nazareth. A young guy. He wasn't that old. He was a young guy. He's around like, he's younger than me now. At this age. Some years younger than how old I am now. Praise Jesus. For do I now persuade men of God? For do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the word revelation of Jesus Christ. For ye have heard of my conversation in the time past in the Jews' religion, 
how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it and profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the Gentiles, or the heathen, he calls it heathen here, right? That immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood, neither went I up to Jerusalem to them that were apostles before me, but I went up to Arabia and returned again unto Damascus, and so on and so forth. Glory to God. Okay, let's just read on. After three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him, what, 15 days. So he came to Peter after three years, and then, but other of the apostles saw I none, save James, the Lord's brother. But now the things which I write unto you, behold, death before God I lie not. Afterwards, I came unto the region of Syria and Cilicia, and was unknown by face unto the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But they had heard only that he which persecuted us in time past has now preached the faith, which, what, once he destroyed, and they did what? And they glorified God in me. Ah, I'm tempted to read chapter 2. It's just long, but if you can go home, please, just read this chapter 2, just to see some of the things which Paul is trying to address in this book of Galatians. Praise God. Verse 4, it spoke of, and that because of false, false brethren, when I was brought in, Okay, let's just quickly read just a little bit. So then 14 years after I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took titles with me also. And I went up by revelation and communicated unto them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles. You see that? But privately to them. So Paul preached a gospel to the Gentiles. Then he brought it back to them. Right? In Jerusalem. And privately to them which are of reputation, lest by any means I should run, and I run in vain. But neither Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. And that because of false brethren, unawares brought in, who came in to privily to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. Do you see that? To whom we give place by subjection. No. Not for an hour that the truth of the gospel might, might continue with you. So, in other words, those brethren, they didn't give them a space. They came to spy out the word liberty which they had in Christ. But the idea is to bring them back into what? Bondage. But those who seem to be somewhat whatsoever the way, it make it no matter to me. God accepted no man's person. For they who seem to be somewhat in conference added nothing to me. But contrarywise, when they saw that the gospel of this uncircumcision, of that's for the Gentiles, was committed unto me as the gospel of the circumcision was unto Peter, 
For he that wrought effectually in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision, the same was mighty word in me toward who? The Gentiles. And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship that we should go unto the heathen and they unto what the circumcision. And only they would that we should remember the poor and the same which I was also forward to do. Glory to Jesus. So it's very clear that the gospel which Peter was taking to the circumcision at this point, right? You know, Peter was, the Lord first of all raised him for the Jews initially. And what they were teaching the Jews was what the Bible called the apostles' doctrine. Right? That apostles' doctrine was in the teaching of Christ, was not really the gospel of Christ, because it was not the revelation of the Son of God. That came to Paul. But Paul is narrating the process by which he then came to them, and he brought the same gospel to them. So it's clear that God sent Peter again. That's one of the things from this place that you need to know. Peter was first with them with a certain gospel. After he encountered Paul, he came into another apostleship. But apostleship to the Jews. Actually, the, 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 the apostleship that Peter was now sent again to the Jews was a cut from that of Paul. Like when you see Paul's apostolic garment, right? Paul was someone who God raised to share garments. Yes. Because he was first a collector of garments. It was symbolic. That thing, when they killed the disciples, they put it at his feet. God said, okay, gather them. Don't worry. Keep gathering them. <laughs> they were throwing them at his feet. You understand what I mean? But Paul, God raised him that after a while, they would begin to cut garments from him. All of those apostles, right, they were first apostles of Jesus. They have to now come into another apostleship, which is the apostleship of Christ. But their apostleship was a cut out of the apostleship which the Lord gave to Paul. So that means that when they are going to preach, sometimes you see Paul, when even Peter will even make references in the epistle to things Paul taught. See, that's 2 Peter 3, verse 15. Thank you. See, and account that the long suffering of our Lord Jesus is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom God had given unto him, had written unto you. This is Peter in 2 Peter, making reference to Paul. So he's telling you that what I'm teaching you, I'm dovetailing after, is actually Paul's gospel that I'm actually preaching to you. It means that Peter left his own. Right? The apostle doctrine which was mainly milk of the world, all of those things, were not, they were still there, but he has taken on another mantle, which was based on the revelation which Paul had received from Jesus, which Paul had shared with them. And in summary, what was Peter's gospel to the Jews is to preach to a Jew until he becomes a Gentile. Yeah. Yeah. That was Peter. That was, that was actually the job. After some time, he, he, tried, he was doing it, but he, he began to fail in that aspect. And he left that aspect. Paul came and warned him openly in front of everybody and said that, Luko, where is it? That's in Galatians 2 we are reading, right? 
So when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed, verse 12. For before that, certain came from James. He did eat with the Gentiles. He was eating with Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which are of the circumcision. Because these guys who came, right, they were people who were Jews, who were, came to, who were spying out their liberty, trying to bring them back into bondage. But it means that at this point, it means that Peter wasn't as strong at this point in the apostolic garment, right, which he, he took from Paul. Paul was still watching what he was doing. And Paul still had to come and correct some things about it. That this message is not just a message you preach. They must become Gentiles. They must leave their circumcision, everything. You, there's no other way. <laughs> Do you understand? That is a gospel for the Gentiles. If a Jew must, must enter, they must become Gentiles. Praise God. Because it, will take, it takes a Gentile soul to pass in through the door of mystery. The door, underworld for the door of mystery is the door of wisdom. Jew pass, they have another door which they like to pass. It's the door of signs. Do you get that? The Jew seek at a sign. That's why you see Almost every, almost every Jew who recognized Jesus, after he, when he came, his true sign is sign. Even right from when he was born, those who were able to recognize as the Messiah and came, it was signs, some saw stars, all kinds of things. That's the only way you can help a Jew. Praise God. Even when Jesus was calling his disciples, he had to use signs. For each of them. They didn't, they, didn't, they didn't narrate all the experiences. But Jesus must have manifest something which they would see. And make them know. Like Nathaniel. I saw you when you were sitting on. It's a kind of a sign. Ah, wow, you must be the Messiah. One of, you know that a lot of that, those things... Jesus, where most of his disciples, not just the apostles, a lot of his disciples who were Jews, the Jews who followed Jesus, most of them came to know Jesus through John the Baptist. And for, to transition disciples from John to Jesus, God must do a sign. That was the reason for Jordan, where God must open the heaven. The Holy Ghost descended like a dove. God had to open the heaven and speak to them. This is my beloved son. That's the only doorway. Otherwise, Jesus will not have disciples. <laughs> it wasn't that. You know, the, the other way would have been Jesus would now go and start talking to, preaching to them one by one. Law and the prophet, open it to prove that he's a Messiah with wisdom. You can't get a Jew like that. That door, they can't follow that door. You know, the door that Paul began to use. Jesus couldn't use that door. Jesus never did that, really. The only time he did that was after he had resurrected. Yes. Praise Jesus. Yeah. Glory to God. Am I making some sense to you? Yes, sir. So because a Jew seeks a sign, so if a Jew seeks a sign, 
to bring a Jew to pass through the door of knowledge, or the, sorry, the door of wisdom, or to pass through a door of mystery, that Jew must reject that signage. The chief sign of a Jew is circumcision. All right, God said you must reject that circumcision. Don't be, don't be circumcised anymore. They should let the heart. You know, it's not, it's, it's not a, a trivial thing for a Jew to, to put aside circumcision. For a Jew to put aside circumcision is it's a breakthrough to that Jew. It means that you made their soul abandon their, how they cling to a sign. To them, that's a sign of their peoplehood, their connection to God. Right? And they must drop it. It means something that must break in them. And leave the sign. And there's another way. Once a Jew abandons circumcision, he's no longer a Jew. Like, God checks it. Once the trust is in that thing, God knows you are not a Jew. When you can shift that thing as a Jew and now come through the door of meekness to learn through knowledge. That's the sign of a Gentile. They call them the Greek seek knowledge. The Jew seek, uh, uh-huh. seek wisdom. Right? The, the Jew seek at a sign. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So Paul's apostleship as we're rounding up is an apostleship of mysteries. Do you get it? And I'm saying Paul, but we know clearly from what I explained, it's not Paul's. It's not just Paul's. It's, it was brought to Paul, but when it came to Paul, the other apostles had to leave their own thing and take, cut into Paul's own revelation, into his own apostleship. And since that time till now, anybody who will come into Christ and into God must pass through that door. Or anybody who will pursue godliness. Godliness. Say godliness. Godliness. Anyone who will pursue godliness must pursue godliness through the door of mysteries. Through the door of what? Of mystery. 1 Timothy 3 verse 16. Without controversy, what is that? Great is the mystery of of godliness. Glory to Jesus. So let's see this mystery Quickly, God was justified in the flesh, manifest in the flesh. We've seen a bit of that. Then, justified. You know, Paul is the one who explained this manifestation of God in the flesh. He was explaining part of it in the book of Galatians, right? In chapter 3, when he was teaching about God going to Abraham, preaching the gospel to Abraham. You know, Paul is the one who demystified all those things, connecting Abraham to Christ. That's the mystery of God being manifest in the flesh. Nobody had that revelation. Not seed, not as of many, but seed as of one. We see this Christ. That's Paul's gospel. Those, those are not deduction that you just make from reading the Lord, the prophets. Those are things that have been taught to him. They came, he said, how that by revelation, he made known unto me the mystery. Do you see that? How that by what? How that by revelation. What is the meaning of revelation? Revelation means a truth you come into not by deduction, 
not by deductive reasoning. If you can do it by deduction, it's not a revelation. That's one mistake that a lot of people make in the body, including a lot of theologians. Theologians in the body of Christ, they confuse, they think that everything in terms of what you teach, or what they call doctrine and all of that, should be something that is scripturally deduced. And when you bring this scripture together, add it to this one, add it to that one, they should explain each other the context, balance everything. Now this is equal to what is being said. That's the doctrine. You know why? Because you can do all of that and arrive at an answer, but nothing, there was no infusion of meaning from the invisible. All you used was glasses and tea. <laughs> and you understand what I mean? Your little lamp on your table. Right? And, we, and we've been deducing Bible and deducing all the, with all the theology in the world, the, the church is becoming more worldly, more carnal. It's not able to help. <laughs> it's because, and the sign that we are not tapping into the grace in Christ is that sin is getting stronger. So don't tell me, any, I don't care about your theology, I don't care about, say anything you like, have, write books. You understand what I'm, I'm telling you? If sin is getting more powerful, you are not tapping into the grace that's in Christ. You can't fool me with your many words, with your intellectualism of the Bible. No, you cannot. Just, man, just check it, man. Sin. Are you not someone that, people who are listening to you, are they overcoming sin? Is sin being dethroned in their life? Right? Remember Paul explained in the beginning of, of Galatians the purpose of, of dealing with sin. That we might be delivered from this present evil world. Galatians 1 verse 4. Is that happening? If that's not happening, then your deduction is not working. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? So don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. One of the things that will begin to happen to you is that after some time, some Christians who are hearing about your liberty in Christ will come and spy it out. But they will come with intention. Some of them can come meekly. Can you just explain to me? That thing you guys believe, show me from the Bible. It's not, it's not wanting to learn. In his mind, he's coming to floor you to prove to you that you cannot scripturally prove what you are believing. And they will come and see if they want to do Bible study with you. Oh, okay, show you, say, okay, what the cause of salvation of the soul. Okay, can you explain from the Bible? Then you're not, if you're a fool, you're not start. Okay. <clears throat> um, from the... If you are really, really foolish, you'll start from Genesis, eh? It's like those guys who come to ask Jesus questions. Before they ask Jesus, know them, who they are, and why they're asking questions. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yes, the idea that everything, when we talk of mystery, that mystery is about deducing. Okay, explain this scripture. You can't. You can't by just adding scripture and by using literal meaning and context. Then use that you now, to now explain grace. 
Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Even after you arrive and say, yeah, the answer is grace, grace. They say grace, grace. We say, all say grace. In all that you recite, South grace, wow, dance on that grace. We have connected the scripture. The equation is grace. Nothing gracious can be in that whole thing. You can say grace all you want. Gather all the scripture of grace all you want. Right? Arrange them. It does not equal, it does not, you don't know how to tap into grace in the spirit. Arranging the scripture is not equal to the thing which the scripture is talking about. The, the, the channel to tap into grace is very clear in the Bible. If you want grace, you need an apostle. I'm so sorry. I said, no, you need Jesus. I, I know. What they told you that he's full of grace and truth. How do you get it? If you're not talking about you getting it, you can't talk about getting it without talking about a word called revelation. Yes, sir. Praise God. I want to say, what kind of revelation? There are all kinds of revelation. Not every revelation is a revelation of grace. They say, well, you should gather up the loins of your mind, be sober. Is for the grace that should come to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Of Jesus Christ, when it's being revealed, there's a grace that should come to you. But there are many things that can be revealed, but does not amount to the, to the giving of grace. Grace. When you say, those who say grace to you, the apostles, grace to you and peace. Apostles are, are sent one. The only the thing is that grace must be sent to you. In other words, grace must be packaged into vessel. Because vessels are portals. God does not store portal inside Bible. You arrange all the scripture and all that. You will nice, you'll be educated, your mind will be big. But nothing is there. Right? Knowledge will puff you up. But knowledge is not sufficient for you. It's my grace that's sufficient for you. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? God doesn't store key inside Bible. He store key inside men. If you want to just know stuff and be happy, read Bible. You'll be happy. You'll know stuff. But that has nothing to do with the sin that's, that's ravaging your soul. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. If you want, if you're not interested, okay, I've enjoyed all these things since now. I want to tap the real substance that when it enters into my heart, the motivation to sin will die. That's not theory. That's not scripture. That's talking of a real thing that happened to a real person that changes their reality. I'm t- what I'm telling you today is that that key they put it in persons. When and then you see some preachers will come to you and tell you, no, no, no. Those guys are telling you just go and stay in your closet and pray by yourself. They are liars. They did not pray by themselves. They are liars. All of them are liars. All of them. They listen to somebody. Liars. 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 And if they, don't, they are not careful, God will judge them. There are some of them who are rising up now and they, and they feel they, are, they can talk to you guys, our own generation. It's confusion. They, they lie. They lie. People who 
who, they saw men who went ahead of them. They studied under people, tapped grace from them. They have come to tell my own generation that we should just go foolishly by ourselves and go and look for God wherever he is. No, that's not true. That's not true. God is not like that. God commits himself to men. For this is my pattern. It is my pattern. It is my pattern. It is my way. It is my way. It is my way for to raise men, for to raise men and even to give gifts to men for to raise men and to even raise one that will lead many that would lead many it is that way it is that way that even the one would lecosta will dispense upon many for i have leprate legosoprete lita for lo prente efania precosta paniate vrete tetelia laprate gelebosta leprate gasta for this is my pattern of the dispensing of grace it is my pattern for I have deposited myself in men so you ought to find and see those men that I have sent to you for in them you will see me and through them you will become like me so I have given gifts I have given grace I have given myself to men those men have my key they have my authority they have what it takes for even to make you become like me so you ought to see me in men and follow those men follow them follow them for that is your way to me it is by following those i have sent to you follow them for those i have sent to you those i have put over you there's this me in them it is actually me it is my grace it is my truth it is my life it is my way that they are walking in so follow them for they are the owners of me they inherit me and they have me and that is how you will come to me and that is how you will look like me when you begin to look like them says the spirit of the lord amen praise jesus Hallelujah. glory to god Hallelujah. 
Thank you. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Um, there's a perspective the Lord is bringing to us and which should become more crystal in every mind here is the perspective of what of Christianity being actually a, a journey, an exercise to come into tangibility, right, of things that are spiritually tangible in the spirit. Do you understand me? Coming into tangibility of things that should be in you, that should be in your soul. You understand what I mean? What are, what are, what are those things? The things that were in Jesus. The things that are in. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? The things that are in Jesus. And that's what I'm saying. Of course, you know, you have wisdom. I'm not saying that don't pray. You understand? If you're not praying and you're not doing your own Bible study, you're not, you will not profit much from, from ministry of revelation. You won't do, to be honest with you, you won't do too well. Right? I'm not saying that don't have your devotion. I'm not saying that you should be constantly reading your Bible. Constantly, just reading it. It's not even looking for revelation. No, just reading. Reading your Bible should be like second nature. When you have spare time, just open it. Just be reading it. Just be reading your Bible. Praying should be a constant thing that you do. Both your private time, which you do by yourself, and then just const- it should be a constant life. Do you get what I'm saying? That should be a constant, but that has nothing to do, or when I say it's not a substitute from coming into receiving the people. Jesus taught about you must learn to say, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And now what I'm telling you, I'm not negating the fact that there will be false prophets. And in fact, the reason for false prophets is to go and prepare the ground so that when real prophets come, you handle them the way you handle false prophets. It's to discourage the concept of prophets in the, in the saints. That's why Satan does that. Jesus preached it when they asked him in Matthew 24, when shall be these things? What will be the sign of your coming? He taught and taught and taught and said that there will come false prophets. Not only false prophet, false Christ will come. They will come. He guaranteed it. They will come. So the fact that they are false prophets, who are who, there are those who will come and will say they are apostles and they are not. Yeah, it's in the Bible. Now the fact that there are those who say they are apostles and they are not in a generation, does that remove the fact that they are actually apostles who were sent by Jesus? So you see that how that message it seems so righteous that don't go through any medium. No, we don't need anybody. Just you. No. There are some who will be apostles and they are not in the generation, but they will be true apostles. Understand? So rather what you bring is a wisdom to discern between both, which is what Jesus brought in Matthew 24. And in the beginning to teach the way is by their fruit. You shall know them. Not how they make you feel. Not how their tongue sounds. Not how what they are saying sounds. It's checked by their fruit. It means that every sheep of the Lord is, is, has a, cap, a fruit tasting mechanism. Yes. Yes. If your heart is sincere, when you taste a bad fruit, 
you will know. What makes a person taste a bad fruit and not admit it is because they have an ulterior motive. Either they want to profit from it somehow. Maybe you're going to buy fruit from somebody and he would taste, no, nice, no, but it's not really good because he wants to profit. But if you, if you are honest, when you taste a, a good fruit, you know that this fruit is right. And this was the teaching of Jesus himself. Sorry, Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter 7, sorry. Matthew chapter 7. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. The, the Lord is opening up the realm of the spirit. It's the world of, of tangibility. The, the mystery of godliness, God being manifest in the flesh, then the next thing is, was justified in the spirit. That's one thing I want you to take from this message. That justification is in the spirit. Where did justify man? It means that if you're not able to come into the spirit, you've not arrived at the, at the ground of justification. That any soul who hasn't come into the spirit has not come to the place of being justified. It means all of that souls outside the spirit are not justified before God. Right? Jesus himself was, was manifest in the, in, the, in the flesh. Then he is the first person who experienced what we call justification in the spirit. No other man was ever justified in the spirit. Because no other man actually could find a way into the spirit. Are you seeing another in the spirit with capital S, not small s? That word spirit there, I told you from Wednesday that it's talking about the world of the Holy Ghost and all the things that are inside of the Holy Ghost. It means there are realms of justification inside the Holy Ghost. It means that this man must have journeyed. Jesus entered into the Holy Ghost. When he entered into the spirit, they began to see him there. Now, when you now get into the spirit, you will now see there are, there are measures, yardsticks of, of justification. When you fulfill, when he had fulfilled all the justification in the spirit, they now presented him to angels. Now, why presenting to angels? It's because angels just mean curriculum. Angels are the what? Are curriculum. God will never receive anyone who angels haven't seen. That's the world. To go to the world to come, which is not committed to angels, you must pass through angels. Angels must see you. And if an angel doesn't say you are better than us, forget it. There's no world to come. That's what Hebrews was trying to show us about Jesus. He was being made so much better than the angels. You can't go to a world that's higher than them. It's almost as if they must give their own approval. Elohim, this one, this, he checks all the things. All the heavens, there was no complaint. First heaven we checked. First heaven did not complain about him. It means he was justified in the first heaven. Second heaven did not complain, justified there. Third heaven did not complain, justified there. You understand what I mean? Then when it's a scene of angels. So when he bring it in the first begotten, let all the world angels what, worship him. Glory to Jesus. Then after being seen of angels, then he was now preached 
to the Gentiles. So, he who they preach to the Gentiles is who that has been approved of angels. Means that sin of angels just means that him as a person has been made so much better than them. Means he has fulfilled all justification in the spirit. So it means that the message of Paul was actually when he said, "Please, the Father, to reveal His Son in me, that I might pre- preach Him unto the heathen or unto the Gentiles," is saying that who they revealed to me is him who has been justified in the spirit or he who has attained all the justification in the spirit is he is the message that's been preached are you seeing that so he has to be preached so this is the mystery of godliness preached unto the gentiles then he's preached so he can be believed on in the world that believing is something else entirely so to be believed on for you to for them to believe on him is they must believe in his manifestation, justification in the spirit. Are you seeing that all of those things is what their belief is on? For them to believe on, when they say they are believing on him is complete, it means they also have attained justification in the spirit. That's the end of this, their belief. So when they're now saying, once they move into preaching, they're not talking about you, not just Jesus. The progression of the mystery started from Jesus being manifest, being justified, sin of angels. Then he, when he is now being preached, they are transitioning everything to you and to us who need to believe him. Now, when you say receive up to glory here, this, this one is not, because this receiving up to glory is the end of the mystery. But this is not the receiving of Jesus to glory. Jesus was actually received to glory before he was preached. If he wasn't received, you can't preach him. Who you preach is the glorified man who God has received. So this receive up to glory here is not just Jesus. Of course, he's being received. But it's not the end of the mystery. It's when you produce godly souls by the gospel. It is our receiving unto glory that is the fulfillment of the mystery of godliness. Became him by whom and for all things in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation. What? Perfect through perfect through sufferings. Glory to God. Say justification in the spirit. Amen. Thank you. I know we are looking at time. Time is gone. Um, praise God. God will help us. Um, the realm of the spirit must become real to us. I'm not talking about moving into the spirit in that spooky sense. I'm talking about realm of the spirit just means it's a realm of tangible, of substances, spiritual materiality which the soul is raised to carry. That, that should be the place where your conversation is. What you are, that's what you deal in. You deal in, in spirit. Right? Of course, we use knowledge because you have to use knowledge to access the spirit. But we're not having knowledge for knowledge's sake because we know we are, nobody is justified by knowledge. Everybody, we are, justification is in the spirit. In the spirit. So if you want to be justified in the spirit, you must move into the spirit. 
but you have all manner of things standing, militating, wisdoms, wicked entities who want to stop that advancement to make you actually a being of the spirit, to make you a soul that transacts in the spirit. Transact in the spirit. They want to move you. When it's, when, the way your conversation should be more than sharing Bible. You should move to transacting in the spirit. You talk spirit language. You, you share properties. You, you can discuss about things in the spirit. Realities in the spirit. Properties in the spirit. You can talk about them. Ah, man, this is the one thing they are pushing me towards now. It's at least something. You, see, you can talk the language concerning that. There are things in Jesus that we, are, we collectively pursue and we collectively hold. We, are, we pursue justification in the spirit. Do you, do you agree with me? Praise God. Just begin to talk to the Lord. Just two minutes. Just pray. Just respond to this word. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, we thank you. We give you glory. We bless you today. Lord, thank you for your word that you've spoken to us. We receive it with meekness. So we should receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save our souls. Help us. Let there be a measure of salvation wrought, O God. I pray for every soul and for every heart today. Holy Spirit, breathe upon this water fresh. Let it let it be inspiration, Lord, I ask. Let all that have been said, let it be, let it register and sit in our hearts in the in the true light and in the true spirit of everything, Lord, which you've inspired to come forth to us. I pray for the the corrections, Lord, the instructions in righteousness, the counsel which you brought forth. Lord, let let it be your voice, Lord. Translate it to our hearts. I pray, oh God, I pray. Let there be no room for any kind of foolishness, for anything to be misconstrued, Lord, outside the original light in which you have said. But I pray you will give it of us wisdom of interpretation to interpret what your spirit is saying to us at this time. Thank you, our Lord. We give all the praise to your holy name. Lord, I pray for any soul, anyone, anywhere right now in this room, on the internet, listening to this after today. Lord, who is experiencing any kind of weakness or even fear? Oh, Lord, anything, oh God, that threatens, Lord, such a soul from coming short of these things. I ask, let your, let your mercy reach out to such soul. Find such soul. Let help come. Let grace flow. Those who need assurances of your love, of your goodwill concerning them, I pray you assure such hearts in the name of Jesus. Thank you. You said above all things, Lord, above all things, you wish that we we'll prosper and be in health. When as our soul prospered, you wish that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Reach every soul. Let this word be a saving word. That it will save to wrought salvation in the heart of all who listen to this. Thank you, our Father. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You dwell between the cherubim. You dwell between the cherubim. Between the cherubim, shine.